Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Dave Kovar, your host. The title of today's podcast is Lessons from Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius was the last good emperor. He's considered one of the five good emperors of Rome, and he was a Stoic. And uh, he's got a, a book out. Uh, he's got a book. Yeah, he just released a book recently. Actually, <laughs> it was a, it, really his own uh, a diary, his own journal, and it's called Meditations. And it's an amazing book. It's been around uh, uh Clearly, you know what for uh, for almost a couple thousand years, and and in it, what this was was here was a guy who was the ruler of the world, right? And uh, he he had absolute power, and he's one of the few exceptions in history. When you hear the line "absolute power corrupts absolutely," he was one of the few exceptions. Here was this guy that could do anything anywhere, anytime, but he chose to live this virtuous life. And and so his book, Meditations, when you can get anywhere, and there's lots of different great interpretations of it, is really, it was never meant to be published. It was his own thoughts. It was, uh, uh, he probably did not have a lot of people to speak to, right? He had a bunch of yes men and yes women. And, and so this was his way he would write to kind of keep him on track and really living a virtuous life. And, and uh, by the way, a little history of Stoicism. It was originally developed by Zeno of Sidium in like the third the century BC. And uh, probably the most well-known people, the well-known Stoics would be Epictetus, uh, Seneca, and Marcus Aurelius. And uh, so there's not really one book that has all the answers. It was kind of a, it was a philosophy. It's by no means a religion any more than being pessimistic as a religion or being optimistic. Stoicism is really a way of looking at life. And um, I've always been fascinated with it and I've studied it uh, kind of at a light level for, for years and years and years. However, these last few months, I've really really just kind of really gained a new appreciation for it. And I want to share some of my findings and some of my, uh, what I found valuable about it. Now, traditionally, when we think of someone about someone that's a stoic, uh, we think of someone that's unemotional, right? Oh, that guy's really stoic. And, and at first glance, by the way, it's, it's kind of like the Spock character in Star Trek was based off of stoicism, right? And so that's kind of the impression people have. And why would I want to be a stoic? It means that I have no, no feeling, no, uh, no emotion. And that's, that's not in that's not accurate at all. Uh, and I kind of want to kind of go through the logic behind, you know, the, where that comes from and, and kind of a better way of looking at it. And, and so, you know, it's kind of like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And this has really been speaking to me a lot lately. And I'm excited about sharing some of my findings with you. So first and foremost, uh, kind of a uh, kind of a, the, the stoic mindset, what you're really striving towards, uh, like what Marcus Aurelius was really striving toward is living a life of virtue. And that was something that was in his control. And what was a life of virtue? And there's really primarily the four virtues that he would refer to. The first one would be wisdom or prudence. And that's being able to really apply like good judgment and logic to a situation, right? So you're constantly trying to learn more and then apply what you learn. So that would be the first virtue. The second one would be justice or fairness, right? And that's kind of making sure that whatever you do, you're, you know, it's for the greater good. It's not selfish. It's not just for you, but whatever you're doing, hopefully is lines up with nature and it's good for everyone, right? The concept of, you know, uh, you know, what's good for me should be good for the people around me. And the third uh, uh, virtue was courage or fortitude. And that was, you know, the courage to do the hard thing, even if it's not popular. And the fourth one, it would be temperance or moderation or self-discipline. And that is being in control, right? Now, of course, the reverse of, the reverse of virtue is vice, 
And uh, so the, 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 what you're trying to not do is live a life of vice. Now, the, so the reverse of wisdom and prudence would be folly, right? Being, you know, you're doing stupid stuff that you know better. Uh, the reverse of justice and fairness would be dishonesty or corruption, right? The reverse of courage, of course, would be cowardice, right? And the reverse of temperance and moderation would be indulgence and greed. So the key thing is what you're doing when you're a stoic is you're striving to live a virtuous life. Now, uh, sometimes I had a guy tell me, yeah, but you know, the thing I bought out stoicism, man, is you don't, you know, they don't care if you're rich or poor. Man, I'll tell you what, I'd rather have money than not money. Well, so it's really, that's not fair. So a stoic would just as soon have uh, you know, money than not have money, right? A, a stoic would just as soon be healthy versus sick. But what they had was what the difference was between, um, uh, it was indifference. They had preferred indifference and dispreferred indifference. And preferred indifference is it's better to have money, right? Than not to have money uh, in, in pretty much every case. And it's, it's, it's much more pleasurable and better to be healthy if you can than it is to be sick. And it's better to have family than not to have family. However, the whole point in stoicism is, is I'm not going to let that control my ability to live a virtuous life. And that's really how I can be fulfilled and happy is by being virtuous. So in other words, the whole point is, yeah, man, I'd rather have money than if I don't have money. But if I don't have money, I'm going to still do my best. I'm still going to do my best to be happy and be virtuous. And, and, and that's kind of, I think, an important distinction and lesson. And I, I found that like just something that, that, that really uh, uh, really spoke to me. Uh, and, and so you're still striving, right? Of course. And you're trying to, you know, get to the next level and all those things. However, what you're really focused on is your process. And that is doing the best that you can do in the circumstances that you're, you're in. And that's good enough. There's a great example. Imagine for a minute that, that I am, I've been training for years and I'm going to enter into a, an archery competition. And I, you know, I'm top of my game. I've been put in the practice and, you know, I'm disciplined and, and, uh, you know, and so I, it's time for me to shoot the arrow. And it's the, you know, it's the culmination of, of years and years of training. And, and, uh, so I, I, and I'm in a big competition and everything lines up. I, my breathing is good. Uh, my posture is good. I, my release is good. And boom, once I release that arrow, Whatever happens now is out of my control. I should be happy with my release, my training. Now, uh, for example, maybe it hits the bullseye, but let's imagine that a gust of wind all of a sudden knocks the arrow off track or uh, blows the wind arrow a little different direction or someone bumps into the um, to the bullseye and it falls over or a bird flies in front of the arrow and ends up getting hit by it, right? All those things are completely out of my control and that I should not be upset with the outcome, even if it's not what I want. Now, this is a hard concept to grasp, to be sure. But the whole point is, is that uh, because you, but if you did everything in your powers, that should be what you're happy about, right? And so this is easy to say, hard to do, but certainly worthy of the challenge because so much of the time we find our anxiety comes from uh, you know, from things that are out of our control. And in stoicism, the whole idea is why would you worry about something that's out of your control? You know, you just simply, simply focus on what you can do that to the best of your abilities and then be happy, man. And so what a, what a cool thing to aspire to. And of course, I've got a long ways to go, but just being mindful and aware of this, man, uh, you know, it, it is kind of like, 
really been, a, I feel like, a, you know, a step up for me. Is this simple? Of course, it's simple. But is it easy? No, it's not easy, right? And so it's really about kind of those things that that uh, K. Anders Erickson talked about in his book, Peak, and that is, is being introspective and having self-discipline, like really thinking, okay, how can I live my life better? That was really the stoic way. And so what I want to do is I want to kind of take you through, uh, you know, some samples of things that you can do or what I'm trying to do on a regular basis to to uh, you know, kind of ingrain this into my lifestyle on another level. And I, I'm going to read a few quotes from uh, Marcus Aurelius and maybe Seneca as well and things that, that, that have really, you know, are, are good concepts to kind of deal with. So really, uh, you know, a, a real simple way to, to look at uh, the lessons of Marcus Aurelius, right? And that is, is you try to do the right thing. It doesn't matter what you want to do and what you should do. It's sometimes what you want to do and what you should do and what you are doing all line up, right? Like for me, that would be like teaching a martial arts class. For me, I love doing that. I think I should be doing it. And when I am doing it, man, everything, man, the stars align. I know my life. I'm, I'm, I'm at that moment living my life's purpose, right? But sometimes there's stuff you don't want to do, but you know you should do, right? And that's really, it's just a matter of, it's as, as simple, and once again, not easy, it's just simply doing the right thing. When you're faced with this decision, what do you do? The right thing. Not the easy thing, not the thing that, you you know, it's going to, going to, that's going to make you maybe feel better in the moment. You do the right thing. And most of the time we know that what that is. There's, of course, exceptions, but most of the time that's pretty clear for us. So, um a few things to think about. So, so first and f- foremost, I think uh, one of the key things in in uh, stoicism is is training yourself to look at adversity as a chance to grow. Right? Not a new concept. Not a new concept, but uh, uh, super important. There's a book by Ryan Holiday called "The Obstacle Is of the Way," and that is really you know kind of one of the the, the messages of that. Right? And he kind of using using stoicism in, in that regard. But but imagine when adversity came along, you thought to yourself, "Wow, this is a chance." for me to grow. And I'll tell you how uh, I've been using this and for years. And, um, and that is like when I'm traveling and all of a sudden stuff comes up, uh, uh, a plane is canceled, uh, uh, there's a delay. This is a chance for me to uh, to, to grow, right? This is a chance for me to, to practice on being, having a, a high level of self-discipline, right? I have a high level of self-control. Um so along this lines, one of the things that, that I've talked about this before, but I think it's a very stoic philosophy. It lines up with stoicism very well is position your current challenge in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer, right? And so that, that's always a, a very powerful way. You look at something and think of, well, you know, making an excuse for why something is uh, or why you can't fix it. You think to yourself, okay, you, 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 you state it in, in a, uh, the challenge in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. How can I, with my busy schedule, find time to educate myself more thoroughly versus, well, I don't have any time to educate myself. I'm, I'm working 12 hours a day and I got my, well, there's always an excuse. But if you form the question right, what you do is you, you maximize the opportunity for there to be a solution, right? And uh, so the next thing about this is when you when you're thinking about train, your, uh, train yourself to, to look at adversity as a chance to grow. There's this great quote. I love this quote. Excellence withers without adversity. Excellence withers without adversity. And you, you think about it, you know, right? If that if you're a strong person, if you view yourself as a strong person, chances are you're strong because of the challenges that you went through, right? Your challenges will either build you or break you. It's your decision and that you grow from that stuff. So why wouldn't the other challenges coming along? That's a great opportunity to develop the 
kind of the next level of excellence. Now, another thing uh, that's that's unique about stoicism is is negative visualization. Now, normally we think that's the worst thing you can possibly do, right? You always want to visualize your, your, you know, life going exactly perfect. And by the way, nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, I think visualization incredibly powerful. However, the flip side is sometimes if we want to appreciate more where we are, one of the things that that uh, uh, that we want to do is is imagine how much worse it could be, so to speak. And then by by comparison, all of a sudden it makes life it makes life better. Let me let me give you a couple of examples of that. There's a great uh, there's a phrase amor fati. Amor fati basically means love your life or love your fate, love what has happened to you, and. Uh, so one of the things that I've done upon more than one occasion, and maybe you've done this as well, but uh, uh, we've all been in a near collision with a car accident, right? You know, like like all of a sudden, man, well, I remember one time in particular, uh, uh, I was teaching my son, Alex, this would have been a decade ago to drive. And somehow we ended up on the freeway and I thought it was okay to get on this freeway where I got on. But what I realized once we got him on the freeway, I was going to get him on the freeway, one exit and off on the next one. But what, what I failed to remember when this particular freeway merges with another freeway and all of a sudden he's going to be coming into this, it's going to be merging on his right with a very busy road. All of a sudden find this 15 and a half year old kid, uh, rush hour track having to, oh, it was super intense time. He wanted to stop in the middle and I had to coach him through and, and, uh, uh, it was a rough few minutes and we got to the side of the road and I'll never forget. He goes, dad, I'm, I got a headache. I go, son, so do I, right? It was one of those moments, but we got through it. Well, what I did, uh, is, is I consciously and on purpose when I, when I dropped him off, cause my heart was beating and we had a really near, there was a moment where, you know, you know, we almost, uh, were on the losing end of, uh, of a collision with a, a with a, 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 a an eighteen wheeler, right? Uh, anyway, is is I pulled over and I imagined the worst case scenario, and I won't go into detail what that is, but you can probably let your imagination go, right? You know, people dying, death in the family, and and and, and the guilt of dealing with that, and 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 I just kind of let it go for a bit, right? I kind of unfolded it, let it, let it kind of play out a little bit, and and realized the trajectory of my life going in a completely different direction, not near as good, and then I was able to stop and go, wait a minute, back it up, and realize how it went. And that everything is good, everybody's healthy, and all of a sudden, I find myself just kind of literally, just like incredibly <laughs> happy for no other reason than I was able to compare what could have been with what is, and what is is so much better, right? So, so often, you know, first off, the other thing is, is that when you are strategizing for business, I remember hearing this. Uh, one time from one of my mentors, he said, "Before you go into a business deal, look at think of all the things that could possibly go wrong." And be as pessimistic as possible. Because what you want to do is you want to, you want to try to, you know, come up with every possible scenario first, right? And then, and then if you decide to go forward, then be as optimistic as possible once you, once you get started. But it's kind of the same thing, right? Really thinking about things that could go wrong so you're better prepared, right? And also, it makes you appreciate exactly what you have. So, amor fati, love your life, right? Like imagine if you own your own home, I don't know if you, if you do, you remember the process of how stressful it was to get that process, you know, right? And, and, and like every now and then you gotta go, wow, you know, I own my own home. Wow. You know, just take a moment to, to, to really, uh, uh, to, to be grateful. And this is something that's very cliche, but that's still incredibly valuable, right? Cause that really changes your perspective on things. So, um, 
The next thing to think about, you know, kind of a, a way to apply lessons from Marcus Aurelius is, is uh, a concept of being a warrior of the mind versus a gardener of the mind. See, a warrior of the mind is someone that takes actions. They, 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 uh, they learn, uh, you know, they, they're, they're using this, but once they have this wisdom, they actually are taking action upon it versus just kind of, you know, contemplating quietly on the hill and not being involved, right? And so, you know, taking action, a warrior of the mind, someone that, that studies, uses logic and then puts it to work. Um, the next, I think this is super important, and, and this is something that, that, man, you can always be better, but I'm pretty good at this, and it really is such a powerful thing, and that is set your expectations at the beginning of the day and then review them at the end. Set your expectations at the beginning of the day. What does that mean? Man, you know, very few successful people that you will come across in any field, whether it be athletes or scientists or or business people or artists or, you know, whatever, very few successful people aren't super mindful of how they start the day. Right. And so set your expectations at the beginning of the day, every, every day, every morning, you know, I, I, I start out by, uh, and I get up real early. I'm usually up at four 30. I'm at the gym at five. And as I'm having my coffee at, at 20 till, you know, I take my, the gym is literally five minutes away. So I, I've got, you know, 20 minutes, uh, to kind of prepare. And I, I never look at uh, my phone. Uh, I, I make sure to control what I'm thinking about because looking at my phone to check an email or some message on Facebook, uh, that, that now that can might control my, the, my mood for the day, right? I want to make sure that I really control my mood for the day. So I will read some inspirational right now. It's, it's, I'm reading a, a book by Emmett Fox. It's on Sermon on the Mount. And it's really a really cool interpretation of, 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 of that, of what Jesus was talking about there. And, uh, then I'm reading a couple books on, on, on stoicism. And, and then in the process, I'll just read for a few minutes, usually later on, some in the time, day I do as well. But then what I'll do is I'll write down what am I grateful for? What's going to make today great? And maybe a couple affirmations, right? So I'm setting my day ahead of time. And I tell you what, when you control those first couple hours, man, you know, it makes such a big difference. So I go from there, I do my workout and I, I end by doing a, a sauna and or a a, a steam room depending right in a cold and a cold dip in a, in a cold pool and uh, and and then I come back I, I I have this is my routine I have a healthy breakfast and do a meditation and that's the first couple hours of my day and what that happens is is that really sets me up for success for the day and at the end of the day man this is harder for me this is the one that I'll, I'll tend to lose out on a little bit I probably get it four or five days a week I, I, I should get it seven but that is to sit down and really think through the day and ask myself what went well today? What did I do well? How did I contribute? What could I have done better? But man, those are great questions to ask yourself because when you do what happens, you actually, you tend to learn. And remember, you know, a good judgment comes from bad judgment remembered. And and when you really sit, look back on the day and think, okay, what did I learn? How did I contribute? What could have done better? What happens is you're less likely to repeat this, the, the mistake the same day, the, you know, the same mistake the next day. Therefore, you're kind of, uh, you, you're on your way to getting to the next level, so to speak. Uh, next thing I kind of want to touch on uh, with this, and, and by the way, this is a subject we talk about for hours. I strongly encourage you to kind of look into it on your own. A great place to start is, is once again, Marcus Aurelius's meditations. There's lots of really good information on it, but I want to read you a couple quotes uh, 
And just to kind of get you, uh, 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 you know, this, this is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations. And it goes like this. Remember, keep in mind, this is him talking to himself. And this was 2,300 years ago. Actually, no, it was like 1,800 years ago. I think he's like the third century, second century. Or is it first century? Anyway, a long time ago. Here we go. Keep this thought handy when you feel a fit of rage coming on. It isn't manly to be enraged. Rather, gentleness and civility are, are more human and therefore manlier. A real man, sorry ladies, this was written a long time ago, a real person, of you, sorry for not making it gender correct, but a real man doesn't give way to anger and discontent, and such a person, uh, and such a person has strength, courage, and endurance, unlike the angry and complaining. The nearer a man comes to a calm mind, the closer uh, he is to strength. And it reminds me of a quote by Ben Zoma, who is a mighty person, one who has control of their emotions and make, can make friends of their enemies. And what I find when I find myself starting to get irritated, I use little things, little things as a way to practice being an emotional calm. When I see someone getting irritated, instead of going, wow, man, that, look at that guy, I, I'll think to myself, well, that person is not is a, a really a... Um, is in control, like a powerful person is one who has control of their emotions. Here's another one that's kind of uh, along the same uh, uh, lines, and, and that goes like this. this is also Marcus Aurelius, and and don't be bounced around, but uh, bounced around, but submit every impulse to the claims of justice and protect your clear conviction in every appearance. So we all know somebody that's like, you know, high and low. They're they're excited one day, they're upset the next day. They're they're all over the place, right? And they're kind of tireless when that happens. Is is can you just like, you know, you, you got emotion that comes through. It doesn't mean you don't feel anger. It doesn't feel, you know, joy. All that is great. I mean, you're going to feel it, but but you still do the right thing. You know, you don't let your whims control you. You know, oh, I feel like double chocolate shake. I deserve Well, if once you do that, you lose, you're no longer in control. You're not the boss of you. You, some, you know, your ego or your emotions or your impulses are the boss. So it's kind of like a well-trained dog, man. You can take a well-trained dog anywhere. It has a lot more freedom because it's well-trained. And uh, my dog, I never trained my last dog very well. And because of that, I had to have him on a leash all the time. And there's a lot of times I didn't take him places that I would have otherwise. So he missed out. Well, when we are in control then we can, you know, we have the ability to go places and do things and know that we're going to handle a situation correctly because we're not going to be, you know, subject to our whims. Here's one more, and this is by Epictetus. Epictetus was, you know, one of the real famous uh, uh, Stoic as well. And he goes, who is invincible? The one who can ups- uh, cannot be upset by anything outside their reasoned choice. And when you think about that one, man, think about like an athlete, so, you know, somebody that's really calm under pressure, right? And, you know, why is it that athletes trash talk each other? You know, often that's done because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get my other person, my, my opponent to, to get some emotion because I know if, if, if it becomes emotion, more emotional, he, he's going to lose his rationality and he's going to do stupid things, right? So the flip side is my ability to be able to calm under pressure is really valuable, right? So those are some just random thoughts uh, on on uh, lessons from Marcus Aurelius. Hope you find them valuable. There's so much great information out there. And, you know, one of the things that if you're, when you're cruising, you know, you'll thank you for listening to my podcast here, by the way. And if you enjoy it, please share it. That would be wonderful. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is a great use. It's just there's so much good information on this subject that, that, uh, uh, that you might find valuable. So I appreciate you tuning in and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.